0: Welcome back to Nocturnal Journal on WGN. Our next segment, we're going to talk about, he's uh, out using the facilities, our friend, uh, Tony Bright Davis. um, Former Chicago pimp, now an artist with Project Onward. And um, it's kind of continuing with what we did in the last segment, a little bit about mental health and artwork. I kept Frederick on uh, from from, uh, the panel before, Frederick Mitch, because you're also an artist. I am. So why don't you talk a little about your artwork, and then we'll talk about what Project Onward does with Rob Lentz.
1: Sure, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm an, I'm an abstract artist. Um, you know, I started painting when I was uh, when I was 20. I was a senior in college. Um, I'd never done art before. Um, I was writing my thesis in philosophy. I, I was going through a breakup, and I was just getting really lost in, in all of that and uh, a friend got me a set of paints, and uh, just kind of told me to kind of play with the colors and, and kind of do something else to express myself. And yeah, I've been doing it ever since. And while I was severely ill, uh, while I was severely depressed and going through hospitalizations, uh, really painting was the one thing that kind of, you know, was was like a relief for me. Um, yeah, in the past three years since I've been stable. Um, I've, I've really been getting out there. I've been in a couple of group shows in the city. I uh, had my first solo show um, this past September. Um, now I'm doing uh, mixed media work in addition to just abstract acrylics. And, um, yeah, I, I love it. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: You say, uh, and and this is what Project Onward, you know, painting was re- a relief for you. Can you elaborate on that? And then, Rob, pick up about what you see, what you saw at the Project Onward artist when you were there. But
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, when I was so severely depressed, I mean, my, my thoughts were so negative and so intrusive. I mean, I really couldn't do anything uh, without being... without without suffering in my mind and and making art was really the one thing that was like a mental vacation It, it was literally the one thing i could do um that that would free my mind and you know the change i suppose has been that that now that i'm doing well um you know i no longer need to use making artwork as you know an escape from my thoughts but rather i can use it as a as a means for thought so i feel like my work has become more more complex Um, And that's been great Um, But yeah, I mean art art has really, you know Been a a huge part of my recovery and now the maintenance of my mental health
2: Wow
0: So Rob talk about what project onward does and how you cross paths with uh, our guest Tony
2: sure Um, Well, I I really appreciate what uh, what you're saying about how art Kind of helped you uh, with your recovery and I think there's a kind of an inherent way for art to um, to uh, help you express things that are happening that you might not be able to communicate otherwise um, and it could be really hard to talk about um, issues like that but uh, art is something because it's visual um, you can get across things that, that are, are difficult to talk about and in my work with Project Onward um, which is a studio program for uh, for adults with, um, with disabilities and that includes um, intellectual and developmental disabilities as well as mental illness so uh, uh, Lots of conditions affecting the mind um, We used out art as uh, as an outlet for self-expression for storytelling um, and also uh, You know it has sort of inherent therapeutic uh, properties, but I think what was uh, what was important um, to? to talk about with, with all of this is empathy and I really appreciated the discussion you guys were having before about empathy I you, yeah. uh, because I think art is a real catalyst for that both in terms of um, people being able to uh, connect and tell their stories but also people who uh, uh, like myself, who might not have that experience, but I can understand what someone else is, is experiencing by experiencing their art with art without having to uh, without having to talk about it or having to go through therapy or whatever. So we have in the studio, and um,
0: is Deonte Davis Tony's son? Yes. Thanks. Thanks for bringing Tony down. Tony, you, you're there. I'm you okay? You're gonna have to talk close to the mic. I'm up in here, baby. Okay. <laughs> this is uh i'm sure wgn hasn't done something like this in a while um so talk about i became a fan of tony's work just uh by going to project onward Uh and i bought some of his work and it and i wrote a story that came out like i brought you guys some copies for new city rob knows rob and tony know i've worked on this since october november probably four thousand words i I was just a champion of Tony's work, I'm a champion of Tony's story, I'm a uh, champion of redemption and looking at things in a different light, uh, as opposed to, you know, what the pimp life you had in the 1960s. Talk about how you guys found each other. Rob, I, I know the story, but in your, your own words, uh, Rob, how did you meet Tony and your first impression? Then while, while he, Rob's talking about that, Tony, I want you to think about what you thought about with Rob. Mm-hmm.
2: So I I first met Tony through uh, Project Onward, Uh, this was probably, I don't even remember, 10 or 12 years ago, it's been a while. And uh, we had a studio at the Cultural Center right downtown, Uh, amazing space. Um, um, Those were the days, Tony. Um, and the first thing that I saw at Tony's was uh, were some drawings that he um, that he had done, and they were brought to us by um, by a friend of mine who had um, been buying his work on the street. And so the work that I saw were these like uh, eight and a half by eleven sheets of paper that uh, had these amazing like comic book characters on them and dialogue and everything. And uh, but it wasn't this wasn't Superman. This was like these were. Pimps and street hustlers and gangsters and thug. I'm just amazing uh, characters, really beautifully drawn, and uh, I, I mean, I connected to them instantly because I kind of recognized this this sort of Marvel Comics influence. And and but I was blown away by the material. And also, um, you will remember this, Tony. Um, the paper was was uh, laminated. He had taken oh, like oh clear man. packing tape and covered the yeah. whole paper with. Yeah. with this packing tape so it looked re- i mean it just looked really cool but it was also smart because he's selling the workout on the street and mm-hmm. it's all weather so you gotta yeah. you gotta take care and, of it and it, and taught me a very valuable trick man what was that as
3: far as, far as uh when you work out in the weather it's man you gotta take care of it you know and that's, that's that's me that's my love man that's my heart so i'm protect that man somebody get hype messing with that so when I put <laughs> when I put, when I put my uh, stuff out and put the plastic on top of it, uh, somebody gave me an idea, somebody about the wind. Okay, it was the wind, and I said, that's doesn't mess my stuff up. You know, I can just cover the whole mother up, and then just, you know, I ain't got to worry about none of that. I think I even waterproofed it with plastic. I had some uh, stuff from the library I found, little leaves, uh project on will help me out anything clear you know that i could see about you say, eight by elevens yeah yeah like letter size paper i would have never thought that
0: you know you and i talked a couple times up at the library when oh I, man you, yeah oh, well no. yeah i brought the. i don't know if you've seen the story yeah but anyway you and I talked about and Rob we can talk about this and and other, your choice of colors. A lot of your work it's street life but you ch- you choose really bright colors. Talk oh, yeah. about making some of the characters you knew back
3: in the day superheroes, you know? Yeah, because the guys remind you of superheroes, man. These guys stepped out the man with the sun, hit them you'd be like, Oh, what the mm hmm And the girls be like melting and uh, you know. So I said, man, I got to did that, man. I got to did that. Then my uncles got older and they started doing it. And when they come in the house, man, I'm smelling that cologne, man. I'm big range clacking all over the table. You know, I was drawn in. That was it for me. And then on top of all that, when I got about one man, 10, 11, I started noticing my moms and my father, my stepfather. Mm Mm-hmm. Same father to me, cause that's uh, my little sister's father. But uh, this brought me up, and he was a gangster, Jack from the West Side over down uh, Sacramento, right off Lake Street, man. Well, you, you can we're gonna link
0: the story to to the podcast. But you got out of the game. You told me 1920, 21. You were young when you you kind of oh. graduated or something else.
3: Tell me when I got all that, man. I, yeah, I kinda, uh, at a young age, I decided because, see, person can't look at themselves. they just a coward, you gotta look in there and see. When I look in the mirror, I saw a demon. Mm-hmm. And I knew with them girls around that money, somebody come talking crazy, they gonna get it. I ain't one of them pimps that gonna pay you, you know. That ain't me, baby. You know, I work for this, you come over here talking, mm-hmm. You know, get it. And they didn't like that. They didn't like that about
0: my game. For everybody here and and you guys know because we we met and yeah. um in the world of art, I mean, how do you not judge? I mean, I, I i was very vocal with you guys about I had trouble with this story. People were were down on this story without even knowing the story. <laughs> um you know what I mean? Um the truth hurts. Yeah. So I mean in the world of art how how do you how do you just keep a, uh, people's minds open that's well,
2: I, the
3: point
0: yeah.
2: yeah and I think that uh Tony's work fits into uh, this this idea of uh, of outsider art you know uh, people who um, who operate artistically outside the mainstream and are, are uh, mm-hmm. part of a uh, in a way uh, in an interesting way part of a tradition that is not a tradition it's it operates outside of uh, Of what we're used to um, uh, seeing as art and so um, because of that it has it has this kind of outlaw status and because of the subject Mm -hmm. matter um, you know it's this way um, this is way apart from from what people are used to seeing uh, in art and that's what I was immediately attracted to was that this is somebody who is like knows what he's doing visually he knows how how to how to how to bring this thing together Artistically, but it's not the kind of content that um, that anyone is used to seeing who is who is a appreciator of art. So I think there's a tremendous value in that, but also uh, his experience is part of that um, that we talk about a lot in outsider art uh, circles of the biography of the artist um, versus the art or how it relates to the art, and how do you separate the two? Do you separate the two? And at a certain point, uh, you know Tony's work is just so over the top that, yeah, a lot of it is 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 based on on some things that he experienced, but mm-hmm. he's taking it to this whole other whole other level, and um, yeah. you can you can take that literally, but um, you probably shouldn't. Yeah, you know you gotta be.
3: Um, no, I just, just <clears throat> dib and dab in, in the fantasy and the real. That's what makes. It's like it just like this radio show.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, your and your work has been, and again, we bring up in the article, your work has been championed in Europe. Uh, one of the one of the yeah, co- yeah one of the collectors. This is great. I mean, he says uh, your comp- your composition line, your composition makes it a mix between Snoop Dogg and Rembrandt.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you know to the to so the, the question of like, you know, separating, you know, mm-hmm. what what you th- what you sort of think about the artist and the work, you know, you know, my, my work started really changing about 2 years ago when when someone a uh, uh, an art professor who now asked me if I liked my work and I was like yeah I, I like it I think it's pretty and she was like I wonder what would happen if you made work that made you uncomfortable and I started trying to do that and that's when I started making mixed media pieces that had something to do with my experiences with mental illness oh, and yeah. so you know I, I made a piece at some point uh that had to do with my experience with body dysmorphia um and when I showed it, it made people extremely uncomfortable. Um, a lot of people didn't like looking at it because it is it, it is uncomfortable. Um, but but it but it connected with with a few people in particular who who never uh, had a sort of heterosis male talk about anorexia before. Mm-hmm. A- and so I feel like the more uncomfortable and personal you get, um, the more you are going to resonate with 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 a more specific it's, audience. That's
0: a good point. We've got to take a break, and we're going to come back and I'll talk a little bit more about this on WGN.
3: They say the neon lights are bright on Broadway. On Broadway. Broadway. They say there's always magic in the air.
2: On Broadway. Broadway. But when you're walking...
0: Welcome back to Nocturnal Journal on WGN. Uh, we have our friend Tony Bright Davis. Bright because you use all those bright colors. Mm-hmm. Rob Lentz. Uh, what was your title at Project Onward when you, uh, you were? I was the program director when, when Tony showed up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Tony Sandiante. Yes. Thanks. Thanks. For c- so, what's going? this journey been like for you? And you've talked a little about having Tony as your dad and stuff. Uh, yeah, talk about, mm-hmm. t- talk about what you've learned from him.
4: Um, it's been a roller coaster, but it's also been like a very teaching experience in it, although it was a very awkward um, teaching, but it was it was a lot richer than many people who had what would be considered a better better environment growing up. And I say that through things like his way of looking at life, as I was just speaking with Tom about um the pictures. I believe that it was his it was his truth to his environment growing up during reconstruction in Chicago which is a very if you look up the laws and the things that was enacted on someone like him it created an environment that 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 may alter someone's mental mental ability and I believe that's the reason for a lot of his his um mental disabilities or whatever he may suffer from and I feel like his art throughout my entire life taught me things subconsciously you know whether it was the it was the fancy of a pimp life or even even the monsters that he drew he always gave me stories behind it and it taught me things like throughout other situations in life
0: you know the the story kept as I was working on it for a long time. It just kept unraveling, as you do with any good story. One door opens, another door opens, another door. So talk about then your fiance. She's a, a, a we wanted. Her, I know she's going out of time. DCF family support specialist, and she said, and it's in our story here. It made my view just working with Tony and learning about Tony has made my view of how to interact with DCF children and families a lot broader. Yes. So her exposure to Tony has enriched her career.
4: Right, mm. as we as we met, you know, one of the things she always and many people said they like was I was intelligent. Although I suffered from many mental mental problems as well due to my environment, I, I always excelled when it came um, educationally. And the more she got to know me, the more she got to know my family. And then she, you know, she met people like my father. And by her being a psychology major and being around me, where I can explain the, the reasons and the way we are the way we were. It helped her connect the sense of, usually when a DCFS worker get a child and they they take a child from a bad situation, a lot of time hope can be removed because it's like that person's never going to be well. Now she has this story where she know my entire background and how I was taken from a child, but she see how it turned out to where me and my brother you know we went out to school and college and we turned out well and she see how my dad has turned around he he he's doing better and she understand that all, all many people needed was a chance and thankfully art was his chance mm-hmm. Um, we're going to take a break uh,
0: mm-hmm. I'm going to keep you guys for a little bit. I want to talk about your film, too, Rob, because there's some connective threads. I want, I want to talk about that. And I won't keep you up too much longer. But uh, we're going to take a break for David Jennings the News, so uh, don't go away on WGN.
1: No. Oh, the streets of Rome are filled with rubble.
0: Welcome back to Nocturnal Journal on WGN, and we're in the studio with Chicago artist Tony Bright Davis, Rob Lentz, who kind of discovered Tony back in. The, how long ago was that? I, I don't know. It's, I think it was 10 or 12 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Tony
3: son. The, uh, the same year that the Sox won. Yeah, right.
0: 2005. Same year. They, Tony son Deontay and Frederick Nietzsche, artist. Thanks for hanging out for yeah, for the, for the whole show.
2: Uh, I wanted to get into your film, but talk about Tony's work being in Paris. Oh yeah, we were just talking about that. So, um, and I'm going to shamelessly plug uh, into it right now because I, I'm on the board. Yeah, all right. Uh, yeah. So there's a show, amazing show, called Chicago Calling: Art Against the Flow, that uh, originated here in Chicago, at Intuit, the Center for Intuitive and Outsider Art, and uh, which. Uh, focuses on uh, 10 major uh, outsider artists who were based in Chicago. But part of the show is also some contemporary artists, and Tony is one of them. And so that show has traveled to Paris... So, if you happen to be in Paris uh, at al saint Pierre, you will see some of Tony's work, which is uh, uh, pretty amazing. It's a long way to come
0: on a on a, on a good night. Maybe our, our, our signal, you know, com- comes all the way oh, yeah. goes all, all the way over there. Um, there's also been talk. I mean, we've talked about this through the process of the story about maybe someday Tony, I know one of your dreams is to do a graphic novel of, of some of your work. Yes, maybe, that
3: would that would um, maybe uh, bring it to us here and now, uh, computerize. Like have you got Deontay have you guys talked about that
4: um Either yes
3: way, so
4: we uh, we we're trying to figure it out but it, it's 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 hard because you know art is a such a personal thing so it's hard to like put other people's idea and keep what it is he that he do because it's so vital to what it is he do he, you know so but we working on it getting him a little more tech savvy so that we can get His things out, you know.
0: Right. Um. You were telling me. Um. We are going to link the story uh, to the podcast version of this show. You were working on a website for him. I mean, how can people see his art? uh, Can you see it through Project Onward? You know Uh,
3: what? I don't know. I think I had like three pages up there. The last time I watched, saw uh, Project Onward online, punched my name in there. So, you know what? I'm not sure if them three pictures still there, but.
2: Did you Google yourself? I would have it out. No, <laughs> see what I'm saying? I ain't Google myself. <laughs> yeah. No, but I think Project Almer does have an artist page for Tony, and there's I want some yeah. samples of his artwork yeah. there.
4: And Deontay?
3: Everybody they liked it. Well, Of course.
2: And are you guys doing something?
0: Uh, no, you, it was you, just
4: started as a Facebook page right now, you know, just to share it with all the friends, and maybe they can share it out more, just to, just to get it popularized because, you know, everything goes off algorithms now, so... Yeah. The more you get it out on the web, then the more when you do create a website, you can generate more people to see it. Yeah. And
3: well, I, I trust him to do that. You know that. <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: So Rob,
0: you did a film for Raw Vision. Talk about what Raw Vision is called, Hyperlexia.
2: Yeah. So and well, Louis DeMarco's been on the show too. Yeah, Louis's been on the show. He's an amazing artist, another Project Armored artist. And you know, I I, I left Project Armored some years ago, but I I am really. It's important for me to stay connected to uh, to the artists and, and Louie is one of them that I've really uh, stayed connected to and so Raw Vision is a outsider art magazine based in the UK and they uh, put on a, um, uh, a competition a short film competition uh, about artists and so I thought well this is a great well, a great sort of outlet to talk about my connection to Louie and the things that I wanted to to kind of talk about with uh, with uh his artwork and how it relates to um autism and and his way of sort of seeing the world and so uh i put together some of the footage that i've taken over the over the years i go and visit him pretty much every week he's in west West, town he's in west Mm -hmm. town and uh uh just we hang out and talk about music and he draws and um it's a really uh he's got a really unique voice and um the thing that i was interested in capturing was uh this idea that um he, he, he was two years old when he learned to read and write, which is which was where the title Hyperlexia comes from. And so uh, that is still... he's. Uh, I met him when he was 19, and he's now uh, 33 or something like that. And so the work that uh, he's done, which is really popular, a lot of it is text-based. So it's all about um, the way that he talks and the way that he um, tells himself things. And so I wanted to capture that. And it goes all the way back to his childhood from this, this idea that... Um, you know, language and words uh, for a person with autism uh, were actually really important and uh, developed into this whole body of work that um, uh, that's now you know has collectors all over the world and in Europe, and uh, so I wanted to, to get that across. I, this is for everybody, and we're going to wrap it up
0: at quarter two here in a little bit, but this is for everybody, and these are some of the things. I watched the film today. It's on YouTube. Is that the best way to find it? Yeah, it's on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. it's called uh, by Rob Lance, L-E-N-T-Z. Yep. but uh, now listen to this, Tony, I mean this is a theme for everybody in the room. I mean, these are some of the things that you posted in the film about his muse. Your thoughts are not to be forgotten. What's inside of me? Nothing is blank at all. You can't make everybody understand everything and never doubt the music inside you. I mean, those are universal those are universal lessons. words mm-hmm. to live by? Yeah, yeah. It's Can it's you talk funny. about how you see that maybe in your art? Oh yeah, man. You, you know, know t- you know
3: Louis,
2: Tony, you man, know Louis.
3: Louie, man. You no. Know, uh, I really uh take my hat off to that guy. He bad, man. <laughs> well, you
4: know. of all my dad's kids, I probably was the least artistic, but one, one lesson he taught me drawing uh, I spoke of is I used to wonder how he could not be paying attention and make a mad bad mark in, his, in a picture. And then he'll fix it and turn it into something and it would be like, how did you do that? And you know, he always explained like, it's your world. You can create it as you want. There's no real mistakes. And it pretty much showed me how, like, when, when, when you create something, when you're doing something you love, like, there's no real mistakes. As long as you put everything you got into it, there's no mistakes. It's your world. You, you're you pretty much God in that sense. And actually, that comes from the God
3: in us that uh, make us capable of doing that. Yeah. Well, keep it up. Um, I really enjoy your stuff. And, uh, can I say, a lot of people won't know who this is, maybe by the voice, but Papoose <laughs> okay. on the west side. Ooh, that's good. That's, like, that's good nocturnal journal stuff there.
0: <laughs> All righty. Well, thanks, you guys. Thank- <laughs> I feel like we should go into a song there. Thanks, Tony, for coming down. Thanks, Rob Lentz. They know me
3: by a a bunch of labels. I'm sure they do.
0: (laughs) And thanks, Dante, for bringing your dad down. No problem. We're going to talk a little bit more uh, on art after uh, we take a break here. So don't go away on WGF. Welcome back to Nocturnal Journal on WGN. And on the phone is Todd Alcott from Los Angeles. Thanks for hanging in there, Todd. Yes, of course. Sorry, we're running a little late. We're, we've been talking about art and stuff almost the whole show tonight. So I don't know how I found your stuff. Describe what it is. It's like uh, rock and roll lyrics and songs. That's why you played oh. Watching the Detectives. to a in a pulp uh, paperback yes. setting. So talk about That's what right. you do.
5: Well, uh, I've, I've, you know, I've been listening to rock music for my whole life, starting with the Beatles, and uh, and I've also been obsessed with design. Uh, and uh, while I've had a career as a uh, screenwriter for like twenty five years now, uh, recently I started trying to think of ways to smash those two things together. Uh, since I spend all day long listening to this music and uh, and it kind of reawakened my love for um uh design to start making these uh these little imitation book covers and things where i would take a uh an existing piece of design and adapt it to be about this uh this song that i loved and uh, put the two things together and it becomes something new
0: so you actually go around la and find like i, I was reading some background you find uh, beat up paper I and mean, they have to be like folded edges and stuff uh, pulp paperbacks and and go from there uh
5: i do i i do some of that i find a lot of stuff online but also i i what i try to do more and more of is uh, to actually build the uh, the images up from nothing uh and the ones that i'm proudest of are the ones where uh, I've, uh, I've created the whole image myself and I've made it look like a beat up paperback or something. Uh, I've, that's, that's one of my, that's one of my uh, favorite things to do is to take a, a really nice clean looking piece of art and make it look like it's been in the back of someone's closet for 50 years.
0: I've bought a couple uh, pieces of yours. Uh, talk about how people find you It's Etsy. I mean, how, how can people see the work?
5: Uh, I am at Etsy.com. Uh, the, my store is called Todd Alcott Graphics um and uh, lately my goodness the the store has just been going crazy um a uh, a fellow chicagoan um ann holiday uh, wrote a piece about me in uh, this website that she works for uh, open culture and it just it got a whole bunch of people's attention and uh, my orders have been going through the roof and it's been uh it's been fantastic it's it's like it's gone from being something that i did to amuse myself uh, while writing while waiting for inspiration to strike in my screenplay work to uh, to being a whole different side career. It's, uh, it's been really fun.
0: Some of the themes that I want to ask you about are themes we've talked about all night on, on, on the show, and I kind of want to zero in on your work with David Bowie about the connections sure. of, of some of your David Bowie work. And you were talking about when you were you know, listening to Bowie and coming of age with Bowie, you were kind of isolated, and listening to him and, and and his stuff made you feel less alone. So, talk about how how music can change you that way.
1: Well,
5: sure, absolutely. Uh, Brian Eno has a terrific quote about uh, music being a friend in uh, in uh, times of uh, of isolation and and uh, sadness. Uh, and uh, my. Adolescents growing up in the suburbs of Chicago there in Crystal Lake uh, had its, its fair share of uh, tumult and uh, grief and everything. And, uh, you know, the thing that David Bowie did in the 70s uh, was to, you know, uh, you know, he presented himself as a uh, a multisexual space alien. You know, it's like compared to that the weird kid in high school, you know, felt uh, completely normal. So uh, if you had, uh, if you had a guy like David Bowie out there uh, saying, you belong, you count, I'm one of you. Uh, it, uh, it, it touches you in a way that, uh, you know, uh, uh, another act of the time, like, you know, Aerosmith or somebody doesn't. And I think that's one of the reasons why the Bowie Prince. you uh, have uh, have gotten their own kind of following uh, lately because uh, uh, people do feel that connection. It's funny, uh, a friend of mine uh, said, oh, so what you got to do now, you got to get a list of the top 40 played rock songs and make a print for each one of those. And I was like, no, that's, that's not how it works. It works because... It's like people feel like they're part of a private conversation, like I get it and you get it and and we're talking to each other. And that's the that's the thing to me that that I that I feel like uh, this work does is it continues this conversation where, you know, 40 years ago, David Bowie spoke to me and now. Uh, I'm connecting that to, you know, a, a piece of 1970s science fiction art that creates some new idea, and then I'm putting that back out there, and people are going, oh, my God, I've felt that way too. What a fantastic connection to make. And, uh, and it becomes all part of this continuum. It's, you know, and one of the things that I love is when I'll post something on Instagram, uh, like uh, last week I posted a, a, a print for a garbage song, uh, Only Happy When It Rains, where I did it to make it look like a, a Morton Salt container, and uh, <laughs> and uh, they reposted it on their Instagram ap- uh, account. And uh, and uh, I just I, I love it when, first of all, I love it when artists don't sue me for using their work. Yeah. Uh, um, but but second, I I, I love it when uh, uh, an artist that I've always looked up to goes, oh i understand what you're doing you're doing this and it's all part of this continuum uh and that's that's what that's what to me art has the whole point of art has been about is that you can you know reach across uh, uh time and space and uh and connect with people that you never even met
0: you know um again I, you probably weren't listening um when we had the, the guest before you but we were One theme about tonight is honesty, whether we were talking about Chicago police or or Tony, uh, whose art comes from the streets of Chicago. And honest and Frederick, the stuff Frederick does and and honesty and transparency is just it makes art live, you know. And I was um, I'm going to reference here uh, the article I found uh, that you did for uh, the Cultural Weekly after Anthony Bourdain uh, passed away. And yeah, you talk it. about you, you talk and we were talking about this before you talk very frankly about your depression you go i've lived with it all my life from my earliest memories it's interesting you said, the comic strip sure. peanuts went off in my head like a bomb for reasons i couldn't express charlie brown was my hero it was only when charles cheltson was near death and he gave an interview where he characterizes crea- creation as a comic strip about depression so talk about how again for everybody in the room how art can can work with that and
5: I mean, I, I mean, it's funny because uh, uh, I I was thinking about this just today because I knew I was going to be talking to a gigantic radio audience tonight. Uh, and I oh, was you're so kind. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think like, uh, wh- what should I? How 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 deep should I go with yeah. this? But uh, but uh, uh, you know, I have this play about uh, about Cinderella where I, I realized. That, uh, uh, that I was Cinderella, and that's one of the reasons why I so uh, um, connected with the character of Cinderella from the, very, from the very first time I ever heard the story, is because um, Cinderella um, can't connect to society without a device, right? She needs a dress before anyone will like her. Mm. And and I realized reading Cinderella as a 35-year-old, this is going back a while now, but uh, I realized reading it that, uh, oh my God, this is the reason why I connected with it so strongly. It's because I feel like I can't connect to society unless it's through art that I need this, and, you know, art is liter- It's literally short for artificial. It's, it's short for artifice, uh, that I need to create a piece of art. That goes out into society, and then people see that, and they go, oh, well, I get it, I like this guy. And then I can talk to people, right? And, uh, and uh, the origin of this whole Photoshop project that I've been doing is that uh, I would be on Facebook, and there would be, like, people that I liked on Facebook, uh, and uh, I, I would say, oh, I like this person. I, I want to get to know them better. And so I would make like a little birthday card that is like, it it says happy birthday, but I've taken a picture of them and I've turned it into like a blue note album cover or something uh-huh. something witty that that uh, that that responds to them and their personality and so forth. And I, I, you know, that's how I was able to get to know people on the internet uh just by uh, um putting a thing out there that will uh that will you know uh start a conversation um and i've gotten a whole lot of, i've gotten a, a whole lot of friends that way uh but uh lest you think that uh i'm you know some creepy guy hiding in a dark room. I guess I, I guess I am. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, but with but, a little bit of time we have left, Rob and Frederick, talk about that. I mean, art can, as a connective thread. Well, yep, well absolutely. yeah, absolutely, Fred, well, Frederick.
1: Yeah. yeah, you know, I'll, I'll just say, I just want to say, you know, for, first of all, I really appreciated your article uh, with the with the peanuts references. Very vulnerable and sure. honest, I appreciate it. But I, I love your art. I mean, I've only actually seen one example of it, but I've been hearing you describe it. I, you know i think with with the 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 truth in in art and the way you connect to people you know I, I do i do comedy like i do improv comedy and that's a great way to see people's honesty in their core self and i Are love sure? it but like i don't know like what you're doing you're like, you're playing with pop culture, you're playing with history, you're playing with art history references, and, like, you know, there are people who, who will get your references, like, get the garbage reference, get the Morton Salt reference, and, like, sure. there are people who are in on the joke with you, and I and I feel like that's such a, like, such a fun and awesome way for you to connect with people, and I, I just think it's right. fantastic. Yeah, well, thank I, I think you. it's great. It,
5: it, it... It's funny that you mentioned that. I, I had this piece a, a few months ago where I, I was thinking about the Rolling Stones song, Midnight Rambler. And one of the big books of my teenage years was uh, the, the Charles Manson book, Helter Skelter. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll do a Midnight Rambler piece in the style of the cover of Helter Skelter, this book that had such an <laughs> impact on me. And, uh, and I thought, and everyone will understand it. Everyone will understand the, the connection between those things. And I thought, this is going to be a huge... Hit on Instagram and it's going to go through the roof and and it didn't. Nobody else got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, uh, with a piece like that or one of my more esoteric pieces, uh, I'll I'll make that one connection and the yeah. per, the one person who buys the print is like, oh my god, this is the most amazing right. thing I've ever seen. Right. But it's funny. The the it was actually on a trip to Chicago. I went to school in Carbondale down in Southern Illinois, but I was on I was on a trip to Chicago, and I walked into the art institute, and I turned a corner, and hanging on the wall there at the art institute was uh, Van Gogh's The Drinkers, and that painting just smacked me in the face like a two by four, and I realized, oh my god, there was a guy in France who was going crazy and painting like a madman and he he put all of those feelings into this canvas and here it is a hundred years later and it's hanging in this museum on the other side of the world and i just walked around the corner and got the full Uh, impact of it
0: (laughs) yeah we we got a break for the news um but i want to bring you back todd will you come back uh, in a few weeks Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because we want to talk. I want to talk about your roots here in Chicago. So, um, thank you for joining yeah. us. How can, real quick, how can you find your work? at Etsy. Uh, at, at Etsy, uh, Todd Alcott Graphics. Great, very good. Thank you guys so great. much. Thanks for joining thank us, you. Todd.